Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Listeners, once again, thank you for tuning in to Fanatic Radio here on WVAU.org, America's favorite low-budget, student-run radio station, and your favorite sports show. I am your host, Michael Gardner. Co-host Dan Goldman's actually going to show up later. Of course, we both tackle with the uh, concept of school, so he has to finish an assignment that's due today, so he'll be in the studio around 3 p.m., so for the first hour, just like old times, I'm flying solo here in the studio. But I mean, it's it's good. It's great. Uh, the first show of November, no shave November. I'm working on the little stubbles on my chin. Hopefully, it could grow into a giant Kimbo slice beard. Much like what I was from Halloween, is where's Waldo, who had no beard. But needless to say, uh, Facebook. Go to facebook.com/slash/fanaticradio. Like the page. Also, call in. Two zero two eight eight five eight seven zero zero, where we could talk about events and sports. As we will start off with the World Series. I know it happened on Friday, Friday night actually, when we aired last week's episode. But needless to say, my Rangers lost. They blew it, and the Cardinals ended up winning six to two. But fair enough for the Cardinals. You could only see it coming as a fact that they had so much momentum built up for them and everything was going their way. So congrats to the St. Louis Cardinals. Also, congrats to Tony La Russa. I feel like that's the only reason why I'm happy St. Louis won. That and the fact that Tyler Fisher has not taken off his St. Louis Cardinals hat is remarkable. But that the Tony La Russa has been... Managing the Cardinals for as long as he has. He was the longest tenured active manager in the MLB. Now Jim Leyland takes over that honor. But for one, he's done how he's always had that consistent base of contending for the pennant, winning a few World Series, managing a guy like Albert Pujols, pitching staff like Chris Carpenter, Adam Wainwright, who actually was hurt this year. So miraculously, the pitching staff being able to use his relief pitchers to full extent. Congrats to the Cardinals. They 
I'm not going to say that they're a better team, though, because I can't stand this whole wild card scenario. I think wild card in sports is dumb. It's like giving teams a second chance. And there are no second chances in life, is what I've been taught. <laughs> so I don't like this whole wild card thing. I think when the Giants beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl, ruined the Patriots' undefeated season, that was because the Giants were a wild card. I didn't like that because the Giants lost to the Patriots in the last game of the season. So they were able to scout, they were able to find Tom Brady's weaknesses, and they ended up beating him in the Super Bowl. And that happened again this year, I guess, with the, only, not scouting-wise, but the Cardinals, they beat the Braves, they had all this momentum, so they ended up beating the Phillies. And so they're like, oh, we just beat one of the best teams in baseball, if not the best team in baseball this year. Let's keep going. They have their division rivals, so they have a rivalry against the Milwaukee Brewers. So they end up winning that, and they think, oh, we're in the World Series, and they face the Rangers. They get a walk-off home run. Oh, we tied this series. We're going to win it, and they did. So I don't know. I don't like this whole wild card thing. I guess if it works to put even number of teams in the playoffs, so be it. But, yeah, a fun fact for a Fnatic Raider, we don't like wild cards. <laughs> That's why it's wild. But needless to say, it was a very exciting baseball season. It was actually the first time I actually followed it from around spring training roughly through to through the All-Star game, through the postseason. Which means the Rangers can follow the phrase, third time's a charm. Hopefully they'll be back. Unfortunately, they did not land CeCe Zabathia as he gets a five-year extension with the Yankees. That is one of the things that I was hoping that would happen to the Rangers be able to land a pitching ace, but C.J. Wilson announced that he would want to stay as a Ranger. So happy for C.J., our main ace, I guess, to stay with Ron Washington's ball club. Also, the Dodgers last this week have been put up for sale, and everyone is wanting Mark Cuban to buy it. Being a Dallas fan, I know he will. He said he announced he will not buy it for more than a billion dollars. So anything. Less than one billion, which is pocket change for Mr. Cuban. I'm pretty sure still has not let go of that Larry O'Brien trophy ever since they won it back in June. But if Cuban were to buy the Dodgers, I think it'd be great for the fans. He's definitely some. He's a heck of a promoter. He fills the seats. He's loyal to season ticket holders. And I don't know. I think he would. I, but I don't think baseball is his thing. Marketing baseball and marketing basketball are two totally different animals. But on one on the other hand, you have a historical franchise like the Los Angeles Dodgers that you completely own. So it's your club, you can shape whatever you have franchise players like Matt Kemp, Clayton Kershaw, guys like that you could bring in new players. You could hire a smart staff that, I guess, drafts well, has a good farm system. I don't know. We'll definitely ask Dan when he gets in here what his thoughts on these baseball scenarios are. But I think he should, but I know it would be, he's sort of the anti-owner that baseball and Bud C. League look at. So I don't know if that's his forte, but we will find out. But now looking forward to this weekend, college football... It's a, it's a sport that Dan and I have always joked at, as he hasn't really watched most of it this year. 
But this week is the week that you should turn in because Saturday is a battle of one and two. Only the fifth time in the BC era, BCS era that this has happened where LSU takes on mighty Alabama in Tuscaloosa. And now there's mixed feelings about this game because on one hand, some people are going to say, yeah, it's it's one and two, so numbers don't lie. It's going to be a gridiron matchup. It's going to come down to the last play. It could go into overtime. It's going to be a college classic. On the other hand, some columnists and reporters and friends of mine are saying that, oh, no, Alabama's going to blow them out. They're at home. There's no way that LSU can contend. Something about the whole fact that people are saying their defense is shaky. They haven't really had a true test. I don't know, LSU's first road test this year was against West Virginia, and they proved it winning by, like, 30 points. So I think LSU could do it. It's a matter of the fact going into an SEC stadium like Death Valley. It is a night game. LSU feeds somehow feeds off night games better. I want to see Alabama win this, though. But then again, I don't, because I've had LSU in the national championship game since day one, ever since they beat Oregon back in Dallas. But this will this is a game where you will see Trent Richardson, if he can make his staple for Heisman. So it's going to be very interesting to watch. I think Alabama will win, but I'd like to see LSU win to keep the whole national championship hopes alive to play in New Orleans. Speaking of Heisman's, the Stanford-USC game last week, I'd have to say it was one of the most exciting college football games I have seen in decades. And ironically, the last time a good college football game like was played, well, it was the Notre Dame-Michigan game this year, but it was the Notre Dame-USC uh, game a few years ago, I think it was 05, 06, or 07, one of those three years where Reggie Bush and Matt Leinart faced Brady Quinn and so when Notre Dame comes out with the green jerseys and they're all excited, and end up the last play where Reggie Bush pushes Matt Liner into the end zone. That was a very exciting college football game. This it was you saw Andrew Luck in his in his full being able to bounce back off of an interception, which seemed like it was a total disaster. The perfect season was going to end. The Cardinals were going to end up with that one loss to taint their national championship hopes, and then here comes. Andrew Luck, very Tom Brady-esque, marching down the field, scoring a touchdown, leading the team in overtime, winning in overtime. I think it should be if if Stanford can go undefeated and beat Oregon. That's the next test, I think. So USC check, Heisman checklist for Luck is USC and then Oregon. But we got our first caller. Hello, thanks for calling in. You're on Fanatic Radio. All right, now here's the thing. I'm a little upset here. I know it sounds terrible. A Mexican, they're laughing at you. They're not laughing with you. What do you think about the whole Ovechkin thing? Are you on his side? You should be a role model. Anything else you want to say? And you score on a rookie goalie. You're a class guy. You should be a role model. I know I agree with you. Ovechkin, he's the face of that franchise. He should be... 
he should go out and do what he does. What were your thoughts on the Capitals not going to him the other night to force overtime? We have to say it. They're being beat 5-1. You don't act like this. You never do anything like that. I know they are going through some sort of... They are going through a little bit of a slump. But needless to say, they still are one of the best teams in hockey. Do you think they'll pull it out? Do you think they'll sort of get over the hump to get back to their old winning ways? Sure. Okay. All right, thank you so much for your call. Avection, you scored 50 goals. Wouldn't you like to go up and smack that guy? I don't know. I feel like if I got in a fight with Ovechkin, it would be in a in a heavy favor of him. But I don't know. We didn't need something like that. We have to say it. Shatterhead, you should be a role model. Do you think Brandon Shannon's doing a good job with his with his position? All right. Good. Does he not remind you of a soccer player? Sorry, what? Eiserman. Does he not remind you of a soccer player? He kind of does in a way. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Does he not remind you of a soccer player? Oh, Bobby Orr, of course. Bobby Orr was is probably one of the greatest hockey players ever that truly went out on a limb every night wanting to win. What do you think of the face? Of, what do you think the face of the NHL is going to be then? Do you think that more of these hits are going to go unnoticed? Good guys like Malone say he's going to get a payback. We didn't need something like that. We have to say it. We must keep that in mind. I'm a little upset here. Not what we like to see. Don't worry. I think I think the game of hockey will continue to to be as successful as it is. I mean, I feel like Ovechkin. I don't know. The, the Caps are still they're still a pretty good team. I'm not worried about that. I think that it's still very early to assess all of this. But needless to say, I think the NHL will sort of return. Okay. They're being beat five one. And you score on a rookie goalie. You don't do that. Well, if you're in, if you're in the Caps' shoes, what would you do? You should be a role model. Act. You should be a role model. Act like angry. But you can understand it somehow. 
That is true. All right, thank you so thank you so much for your call. That's right, two zero two eight eight five eight seven zero zero. Talk about the caps. Definitely going through a little bit of a slump in the past few days. If you want to talk about anything, the phone lines are still up, and also you can go to facebook.com slash fanaticradio. We will finish up our college football analysis, talk more about the NFL and the NBA when we come back from a quick music break. Also, we have a AU scoring update. This is from a credible source of Tyler Tomea, who is with Matt LaFemme, the voice of AU Field Hockey. They're out in the field of Jacobs Field. We will return with that score as well as an interview from head coach Steve Jennings, a field hockey legend. But once again, you are listening to Fanatic Radio here on WVAU. So amazing, so amazing, 
Take it to the car, bloop, bloop, that's it. Look like I'm speed racing. Leave it with me, it'll boost your reputation. West side is where I'm stationed. Spent all night just champagne tasting. Ain't no rush, girl, let's just pace it to listen. Early in the morning, yeah. I'ma set the time. Do it how we want. Just a step to move, girl. I brought the party day and
waiting on. Forty years jeans look like they painted on. Ask me, leave it up to me. Lay her on her back ever so gently. She likes the way the go roll up, go roll up. Sit down, put throw up. Bitch, grow up, hold up. It's day zero. Drip step, iceberg zero. It's so close that I'm speaking. Call me Steve, cause I keep on. We can go freaking all weekend. So, rolling. Ain't it good that my legs be folding, bending,
dropping bombs on your mom. Fuck call arms. Do a foul crime, mob that nigga with your outline. Throw the force straight, so always let tricks know. And friends know we got that endo. No, I'm not a sucker. Sitting in the house of pain. And no, I'm not the butler. I'll cut ya. Head cut ya. You say you can't touch this, and I wouldn't touch ya. Punk motherfucker. Here I let you know, boy. Oh, boy. I make dope. But don't tell me no, boy. This ain't no fucking motion picture. I got your bitch up. My nigga gets with ya. And hit ya. Making that yak to the neck. So you better run a shit. So come on and Yes. <laughs> 
Welcome back to Fanatic Radio here on WVAU.org. Facebook.com slash Fanatic Radio is the site. 202-885-8700 is the number. So you can call in if you want to talk about sports in general. Got a little war playing in the background. Good old George Lopez, one of my favorite shows of all time. But before we take your calls, before we continue with sports, uh, our AU Minute, American University a women's field hockey actually fell to Bucknell today for the second time this year, 3-2 in the Patriot League semifinals. So it would make this interview seem less sympathetic, but needless to say, we thank him tremendously for his time. Give him the chance to come talk to us. Here is the interview we conducted with Patriot League Coach of the Year and Head Coach of the American University women's field hockey team, Steve Jennings. Um, I guess I'll start off by saying congrats on Coach of the Year. But I know looking at when a, when a coach wins it for the first time, they look back on their accomplishments and think, what a good job I've done. How does it feel, though, to win is it seven? Seven? Eight times? It's uh, Yeah, I think it's eight. How does it, looking back, how does that feel? Uh, well, I think it's always really special to, to get recognition from your peers. But the way I look at it is it's always a team award. If we don't win games, then you're not going to get it as a as the coach. So really, I think it's a, a great credit to the team and what we've been able to do. Um, I'm always very proud to be in a situation where the teams are in that force. And I think this year we've had to fight through a lot of adversity to be able to, to come out on top in the league on the regular season. And so uh, it's special, very special in that regard. How good does it feel to know that you guys can host once again the tournament this weekend? Well, it's you know, always our first goal of the year is to be able to win the regular season and host the tournament. And um, so it's, we love being at home. We love being able to go out and showcase our skills with our with our home crowd advantage, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to take care of that. How does this team differ from last year? Because I know last year it seemed like all the games were easy wins, big margin of wins. Do you feel like it was more challenging with this year's team or same scenario? I mean, last year we got off onto a great roll with uh, some heavy offensive production. And that made some games seem easy. I think all the games are always a challenge. I'm always feeling um, the same level of stress or anxiety, no matter who the opponent is and no matter what the scenario. Uh, but last year we did have more more finishing, which put uh, some more pressure on some of our opponents. This year we've had a lot of injuries, and we've had a lot of people having to move into different positions, and we've had um, not as many people on the squad, so our depth is smaller from that perspective. So we've had to fight a lot more. Um, actually, statistically, we've dominated games much better this year than last year, interestingly enough, but we haven't always finished our chances in the circle. But uh, in terms of shots for, shots against, corners for, corners against, we've done a, a tremendous job. And so I think in some ways our record, while it's not as good, uh, we've really been the dominant team outside of uh, really two matches uh, this year. So I think the team's done a very good job. It's just been a little bit closer on the margin because we haven't always finished. Do you think the, the game against Bucknell this year was sort of a, a wake-up call for your team? Uh, to a degree. I mean, we actually played some incredible hockey between the 25s, uh, but we just missed some massive chances in the circle. And they were able to come out with a lot of energy, and they scored, to their credit, uh, two nice corner goals and had a counterattack goal with five minutes to go. That, that really sealed the game for them. Um, but I think that we uh, we wanted to win, but I think sometimes you can get into a position where you think it's it will be easy or easier than it has to be. 
uh, and so it's important that, that you always have the right mindset. So hopefully it ends up being the, the perfect wake-up call for us and we're ready to go. What usually is your mindset approaching games? Well, my mindset is that we always have a plan to go out and beat whoever we play. We try to maximize our strengths and minimize our weaknesses and do the same to sort of take advantage of our opponents. So we're always trying to minimize their strengths and maximize maximize their weaknesses. Um, but I know that if we go out with our best game, then we can beat everybody that we play, and that's a very strong, com comforting position to be in. And uh, so we always just try to make sure we set up the, the mentality and the energy in the right way for us to be able to execute. So do you feel like the recent run you guys have had, the win streak you've had, do you feel like that sort of has prepared this really young team going into a sort of a unnecessary territory of tournament time? Well, I think uh, for this particular year we've had to go through some struggle um, that hopefully will really help us be much more tough in critical situations having gone through some of those painful lessons earlier in the year where we maybe dominated a game but haven't been able to, to have more goals or we've had to deal with injury or people moving around different positions, uh, tough calls that have gone against us, things of those nature. I think that that can really help us now that we're in the crunch time. Uh, but as I said to the team the other week, uh, the learning time's done. It's You have to demonstrate that you've absorbed the lessons and you can execute or else you know, you're not going to have a very long postseason. So hopefully we can really uh, put our, our best foot forward. All right, and from players' perspectives, Tatum Dyer, uh, she was named Defensive Player of the Year. Is there any you could just say a few things about her and her performance this year? I think Tatum's been one of the best defenders in the country for her entire career. Uh, her freshman year, she was maybe a little bit young in terms of knowledge and, and tactical preparation, but from a, from a, a will, heart, and uh, effort perspective, she's always been at the very top in the country. Uh, it's She's been somebody that's shut down the right side of the attacking field for the opposition uh, her entire career. And uh, the last two years, she's been involved with U.S. field hockey at the senior high performance level for the national trials and has done a tremendous job there. So I think she's somebody that's really pushed herself to stretch her boundaries, uh, has phenomenal speed and quickness, great will to compete, and just refuses to, to let the team down with her efforts. So uh, I think she's one of the, the best players we've ever had, and I think that it's a very fitting reward for her to be uh, named the Defensive Player of the Year. And both your goalkeepers, it's usually uncommon to see two goalies share about the same amount of time. Do you feel like it's sort of tough to choose which one's going to start? Well, I think it's been challenging all year. I think that they both have very different skill sets that they're uh, you know, more comfortable with or that they bring to the table. And uh, there's a plus in each of those styles. So for us, it was just kind of having to make a decision and then uh, we decided to make a, a change a little bit and give Ashley her shot, and she took it and ran with it. And then uh, Ash was in a situation where she was unable to, to play against Lafayette from an injury, and Burry stepped right in and was great. So we uh, we love both of them. We think they have a great deal to offer us, and yeah, we're happy that that we have two very good ones as opposed to you know really truly having a, a one versus two situation. We have sort of like co number ones. And so, looking at the former players in your team, I noticed Christina Fingerhuth was in the Pan Am game. How does it feel as a coach knowing that your players have gone past college ranks and gone into Olympic-style play and continuing field hockey? Oh, it's the best. I, I love that we had three players with uh, the Chilean national team getting bronze medals in the Pan Am games. Javier Viagra, who graduated in, in the end of 2005. Uh, and Denise Infante and uh, Christine Fingerhoof. So that was great, and we've had people playing professionally over in Europe or playing with top teams in uh, Holland throughout the world. Uh, Maureen Daniel made it to the U.S. national team level for uh, quite a little while, 
And so uh, we want people to still love the sport, be passionate about the sport, and be involved. And for some of them, that may mean just coaching in high school, coaching a JV team, being involved with a club program, or continuing to play as an adult just for fun. Uh, it kind of means that we didn't ruin the experience, that we helped uh, to sort of ignite their passion for the game in some other ways, and that they still want to be active in the, in the sport that they love and they played for so many years. So I always get really bummed out or disappointed for a lot of kids or a lot of programs. They just they finish playing, that's it. So they've spent eight, nine years of their lives playing field hockey, and then they just cold quit. So it uh, definitely makes us happy to see them going on to, to big things, and we're lucky that we've had so many talented alums. So you personally, how did you get involved in field hockey? I had to uh, play in a gym class in a local high school in Bethesda. And when I was in the gym class, basically the teacher talked to the coach, the coach saw me play, and the coach contacted a, a guy who ran a local league for uh, for the area. Uh, it was a mixed league, so you'd have some women that were trying to make the national team, some people that were just trying to go to college, men that played over overseas and worked at the IMF or World Bank. So we had this great community of players, and uh, he contacted me and, and basically wouldn't let me get off the phone until I agreed to go to a hockey session. and did and fell in with this group and, and started and that's that's really how everything began. That's interesting because being from Texas it's either football or baseball. Sure. So I mean I, I, I didn't really know what field hockey actually was in sure. the Olympics. Sure. Yeah it's a definite uh, hidden sport in the U.S. Not a lot of uh, attention on it outside of for the women's game and even there it's really only in certain pockets in the country more uh, in the East Coast as you know by now. So it's uh it's definitely hidden, but you know there's some incredible skill involved and the speed of the game, and so I really fell in love with it. But I really fell in love with the people that were around it. The the sport is such a great environment and atmosphere to to be able to partake in. So started playing and then got into coaching and was able to do both for a while, and then have been lucky enough to to have it be my career. Doing some research, I actually found that you were nominated into the or yeah nominated into the Field Hockey Hall of Fame by the National Field Hockey Coaches Association. How does it feel? knowing that your legacy has led you to that mark and I guess where it continues to grow from there. I mean, that's the highest honor you can have in your sport, so I was completely uh, caught by surprise on that. Um, pretty overwhelming. I haven't haven't spent too much time um, trying to put it in, in context other than it's a phenomenal uh, honor to receive from, from your peers. and. I think uh, I'm just really lucky that I've had so many great people that have been around me, mentoring me as a player and as a coach, and then uh, supporting me on our staff, the great uh, staff that we've had, and then, of course, the players who have been great. Because, again, if you don't have great players, you're not going to win a lot of games. So at the end of the day, uh, I believe it's a, a player-driven uh, scenario. So I'm just really lucky that I've had so many, so many fantastic people around me. So it's a very humbling honor. That was... Field hockey head coach Steve Jennings. He is in his 13th season here at American. Nice guy. He always rolls up in his something AU and khaki shorts. His trademark look, and I love it. Uh, thank you once again for him being on the show. Hopefully the NCAA can see that their non-conference record in the RPI of the field hockey team is good enough to get in that large bid into the tournament. I know only 16 teams. There are play-in games but only 16 teams actually get into field hockey. So, upsetting that we lost today, but needless to say, I think this field hockey team is will be good for future years. I mean, even if, even though Tatum Darnelli, Ellenberger, and Melissa Casale are graduating this year, the freshman class we got this year has already improved. 
and what it takes normal teams, you know, entire like two, three years to finally get over. But uh, while we're on the subject, we'll stick to our American Minute. We had a basketball double, well, not double header, but back to back games yesterday and Wednesday night. Our men's basketball team won 62 61 over Randolph Macon. Troy Brewer and Charles Hinkle combined for 36 points, scoring 18 apiece in the win. We saw the likes of Blake Jolivet and Daniel Fisher get into the game, uh, contributing huge because Jolivet dished out. I think it was four assists in the lap for the last four baskets. It was Dister Munoz three, scored a layup himself, dished to Daniel Fisher for a baseline jumper, and he also gave it to Fisher as well for the winning bucket, which was essentially a layup. So it was 62-58, and then Randolph Macon made a three-pointer at the buzzer to make it 62-61. So a reminder for uh, men's basketball on November 8th, head coach Jeff Jones having a chalk talk in open practice. The final thir- the final 30 minutes of practice, beginning at 6 p.m., will be open to the public, and immediately after will be a chalk talk, so a little questionnaire if you want to pick Coach Jones's brain as the Eagles get ready to set for the regular season, which starts the 11th against Richmond. And their first home game is November 16th against Florida Atlantic. We'll definitely preview that next week. Women's basketball. Although we did play... University of District Columbia, which is a D2 school, they ended up winning 90-74, to which is the most points the Eagles women's team scored, especially from, from last year's team. So they definitely went off. Even though they shot about 40% from the floor, they lit it up from three-point range. Ebony Edwards scored team-high 16 points including three other Eagles scored in double figures. Eight players in total scored eight points or more, including T.A.J. McGeorge, who had her career high, 12 points on four three-pointers. So I'm looking forward to women's basketball. It was fun calling the game last night with my boy Chris Eldob. I'm looking forward to women's basketball game. Their home opener is the 13th against James Madison. Looking at the rest of sports for this weekend, men's soccer can clinch the their first Patriot League regular season title since 2009 with a win or a tie against Holy Cross this weekend. Best of luck to the boys in blue, as I guess they're called, because they they went came out of the locker room last week against Lehigh from white jerseys to blue jerseys. So they needless to say they got the win in the, the last minute, so they, they definitely play this weekend. And uh, women's volleyball... They get set for two matches against Holy Cross tonight, and then a matchup against on um, 4 p.m. Saturday against Army. And if they win that, they control their own destiny to host the tournament. So essentially, we could be hosting every tournament, with the exception of women's soccer for fall sports. We have we have we have field hockey. Needless to say, Americans still hosting it. And the finals are tomorrow. We have we could possibly have men's soccer next weekend. And the weekend after that, we could have volleyball. So we could have championship weekend all the way till Thanksgiving. And then basketball fully takes over and is in full swing. So once again, Fanatic Radio, phone lines are open 202-885-8700. If you want to talk about anything, the NFL, NBA lockout. We had Chris Paul on Family Feud the other night. Apparently nice of his family to do that. We have reports that Dwayne Wade... 
is submitting to Gatorade tests. And he is an endorser for that, so he's using exercise bikes, eye resistance bikes, carbon dioxide test blood work, batteries, anything. He's pulling the whole Draco from a Rocky Four. So he can get his game up, which essentially is good. I know, because obviously he wants he wants to win an Olympic gold more than he wants to get his revenge on the Mavericks. But uh, that's a little update on, on D-Wayne Wade. Speaking of soccer, reported, this is Barstool Sports, reporting that, and also in Forbes, Perry Hall High School uh, announced that they canceled their boys' soccer season after players were disciplined for performing a victory dance after a playoff game against rivals in Laneley High on Tuesday. Police responded to the Thursday morning, and there was protests. The police responded Thursday morning. No one was arrested. But yet, yeah, as the story goes, they cannot compete in any further regional championships. And we'll get more back to that after we answer this caller. Oh, thank you for calling once again. You are on Fanatic Radio. Hello, uh, yeah, this is Ross Schumacher calling in Fanatic Radio. Hey, what's up, Ross? How are you? Man, I'm doing good. How Just is... talk a little, huh? How is Indiana? How is everything up north? Indiana, man, it's great. Basketball season's about to start, and pretty stoked about that. How's it going out there in D.C.? Well, I don't know, we've had crazy weather. It was like 70 last week, and then all of a sudden... It was 30 last Saturday, and now it's just been cold uh-huh. ever since. Is it snowing where you are? Snow? No, it's not snowing yet. Not yet. That'll come now. Out here in these plains, man, <laughs> whips around pretty quick. But yeah, man. So uh, want to talk about some basketball? You down for that? Yeah, of course. Carl, All right. Did you guys uh-huh. have? Have you guys had an Indiana's had an exhibition game yet? We have one tomorrow night against. We we had a secret scrimmage earlier this week, and uh, it wasn't really secret because half people that were there were tweeting about it. But yeah, I guess it I guess it went pretty well. Um, we finally got. I don't know if you follow Indiana basketball much, but uh, we've been we've been dwelling on the bottom of the Big Ten for about four years now. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, it's been it's been rough being a being a Hoosier fan up here. But we finally we think we got the missing piece. We got Cody Zeller. I was just saying, uh, you guys had a, you guys had a huge recruiting class this year. Yeah, yeah. Well, that that class coming in, that's going to be intense. Those guys, they're calling it the movement. Those guys coming in, but we can't call it the Fab Five because there's six of them. Right. Yeah. So now we got this guy Cody Zeller coming in, playing a center for us, and that's that's what we need. That's the missing piece. We've had we have I think honestly I think we have good guard play. And we've just never, we have no one over six foot nine on the court. And we finally got a five star McDonald's All American guy to come in and play center for us. So I think that's going to open up a lot of stuff. We're not, they're not picking us to win, though. Really? I don't know if you've checked it out. Yeah, the big thing. We're picked to finish like eighth or ninth in the league out of 12. And that just makes me furious because we finished 11th last year. And now we essentially have the same team back except with a five-star McDonald's All-American at center, and I think we're going to win, like, three more games. But, yeah, no, I think it's going to be big. We're going to have, I mean, just having, I mean, you probably know this, I mean, you're a basketball guy, being able to have 
a legitimate center that can draw attention away from your guards helps everyone. And last year we had, I mean, our guards were getting like decent guard play, but there was a, we never had they, we never got doubled in the post. We never had guys like play off a little bit for the middle. But now that we're going to have that, I think it's my bigger. I'm picking us to win 19 games. Ooh. And make the tournament on the bubble. On the bubble. All right. Yeah. You're a bit here first. I'm a fanatic. <laughs> All right. Looking at, yeah, looking at your schedule, you guys play a lot of, well, I guess easy non-conference opponents to start off the season. I see Butler as one of the big games you guys are playing. Yeah, they're they're down now. I bet we beat them. We continue. I was going to say, yeah, they, they lost pretty much everyone from last year's mm-hmm. championship title appearance team. Uh, the two game, Three games that stick out in my mind, though. Before Big Ten play, all right, is NC State, which yeah, oh uh, yeah, that's a, that's for the Big Ten ACC challenge. Go ahead. Yeah, a- ACC school is always tough, and I'm looking at the December 10th game against Kentucky. Yeah, it's at home. It's in your guys' house. Could you guys pull off the upset of the century? We all right. <laughs> upset of the century. I I don't think it'd be the upset of the century because I think we're better, but we could do it. Last year, we were with with a bad team. Last year, without five-star Cody Zeller, we were with Kentucky until five minutes left to go in the game. I think it was like a five-point game. And then they just blew it off of us for the last five minutes. Now, if they're five-star guy, I believe we could do it. Here at this place, it'd be close. We're either going to barely win or they're going to murder us. But, yeah. No, it. It could happen. I know we also play Notre Dame. Yeah, because that's the next uh, game. Yeah, that'll be. I think honestly, I think the Notre Dame game will be a huge gauge for us to see, like, just where our team's at and what's going on. Because I mean, the Big Ten's going to be down this year. Right. Well, yeah. Yeah. Michigan State graduated a lot. I think the only major two teams out there. Well, Ohio State gets Jared Sollinger back. Uh huh. And then I'd have to say. Michigan, because they return a lot of the guys from last year. They're, they're actually, yeah, they... Hardaway, Hardaway they, they, lost, right, they lost the number one guy, whose name escapes me right now. But no, they're picked Horton, to like, finish it? third in the league. Huh? Isn't it Horton? Yeah. Yeah. They lost the number one guy. Essentially, outside of him, they have the whole team back. But, he's, I mean, he's the guy that beat us. We had Michigan dead to rights at their place and our place, and he beat us both times. So, Big Ten basketball, I mean, I saw, I don't know if you've seen the preseason rankings, we only have three teams in the top 25, which is respectable. Yeah. I think it's going to stay about that, because I mean, we're down. The Big Ten's down. We're not going to have six ranked teams this year, like last year. And, uh, Big Ten's down. IU is on the up, and I think, honestly, people are just sleeping on us because we've had three bad years in a row. Yeah, I was going to say, because you guys, I mean, I'm looking, looking at some of the Big Ten teams. Michigan State lost a lot of players. Wisconsin is iffy, but then you get mm-hmm. teams like Minnesota, Penn State, Iowa, Illinois, guys that are teams that are sort of rebuilding from losing a lot of mm-hmm. seniors. I yeah. Can see, I can see Indiana. See, I have you guys in the top five of the conference. Thank you. Thank you. You and the Ken Palm rankings have us at that, too. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's going to be hard. And, I mean, you know what it's like? I, I feel like American... Because I was looking at your guys' team. You want to talk some American basketball? Yeah, well, we're kind of going through a transition year as well. Yeah, I saw you. Isn't you guys' leading scorer some transfer from Georgia or something like that? Yeah, he was actually on our show like 
two, three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Apparently you oh, played, well, yeah. played at Durant. Yeah, you played at Kevin Durant in high school. Yeah. No, I mean, I feel like Indiana used to be kind of how American is now. You got kind of like this almost hodgepodge team put together with your leading guy. I mean, I don't know. This is what's going on in Indiana right now just feels right. We got homegrown guys coming in. We've had finally we've had guys here for four years. So I bet we finish fifth in the league, win 19 games, make the tournament. That's the prediction. 19 games. I, yeah, I, and I, no one. I can see no you guys, yeah, as being sort of a sort of a dark horse team in your, especially in your conference tournament. Because if you make that, you could. Who's to say you guys could like upset someone big in the first round and then face like Minnesota in the finals? Yeah, now. Yeah, it should be. Yeah, it's. It all depends as to how well. I mean, because Tom Crean, that's our head coach, was the coach of Marquette, coach Dwayne Wade. He runs a not really Indiana style of basketball, like running the floor the whole time and stuff like that. So a lot of people around here are just like, a lot of the older guys, the alumni around here, they don't like that. They want to see more like the motion offense kind of stuff, you know, Right. that want us to five. But, yeah, it it all is going to depend, I mean, on how good a coach he is. Because, I mean, at Marquette, you could say that the only reason, I mean, Dwayne Wade, the only reason they made the tournament, and things like that, but yeah, I think this season we're going to see. Because I mean, look at this—we play we play a ton of cupcakes at the beginning, and yeah, if we can just upset a few good teams, we're going to win nineteen. Big tournament. I think yeah, I feel like it's just those just those little wins. Yeah, I know. Because last the past three years, we've been notorious for dropping easy games. We've gotten beat. We've gotten beat by teams like Howard before and stuff like that. And it's like, oh my god. I think American plays yeah. Howard. Huh? I said I think American plays Howard this year. Do they? Yeah. All right. Yeah, we play Howard too in December. But yeah, I don't know. I feel. I don't know. Well, it's gonna. I mean, Cody's out. They say he's the real deal. <laughs> McDonald's All American, five star center. He's a blue and, chip. Huh? He's a blue chip. Yeah. Exactly, and he's the first one we've gotten in here in four years. The first like heavily recruited top top dog we've gotten in here. So I think it's complete. I think everyone's just sleeping on us because how bad we've been recently. That's good though. That shows that you guys. Then all of a sudden, when you guys start winning games, people will be like, "Where did this team come from?" And you can be like, "Well, I I had their backs the entire time." American Radio on November fourth. Snack <laughs> Radio's got Indiana fifth in their <laughs> conference. All right. Well, I don't got anything else, man. All right. Thanks for calling in, man. Hey, good talk to you. Talk to you later. All right. Bye. So that was uh, fellow IU student Ross Schumacher, one of the avid listeners of Fanatic Radio. Thank you for calling in, talking about Indiana basketball. This is, I think, Tom Crean's fourth year, so this is his evaluation year, how his recruiting classes come in. The five-star recruit. See if Indiana can return to their old ways like they did when they made the Final Four back in the day. Some sound bites from a game against Illinois way back in, I think it was 2002, with our with our boy at Fnatic Radio, Gus Johnson. Where to go, Coverdale dribble drive down the lane. They reverse it, fight with a look at the 
Sutton on a nice post pass and a chance for Trayvon. And they do a great job in there. Just a gorgeous delivery from out high. Bradford way out harassing because Hornsby such a great deep shooter. Hitting the free throw, but it's tapped out by Hornsby. Here's Jeffries rolling inside. Nice foot follow by Newton. So Jared Jeffries going to the box to the back. Coverdale again. They are looking at it today. And you've got to really get out and play them. Nice kick. A little rather Hornsby get back. And just to just to tell everyone, they made 17 three-point field goals in that game. They ended up blowing the doors off Illinois. Illinois. It was actually ranked number nine, and they won 88 to 57. So shout out to all the Hoosier fans out there. Indiana's got a team this year that could actually do it. I'm sticking to our college, it's college segment as well. College football scores from last week. Our predictions. I don't really remember Dan's because he's starting to get a little lazy with his. But for mine, I was close. Came up unsuccessful once again. I had Florida upsetting Georgia. And the Bulldogs ended up winning by 4, 24-20. Also, I said the USC-Stanford game would be close. Needless to say, it was. It was triple overtime. You could Stanford winning 56-48. It was really exciting, though. came down to the... Last play in regulation of how it stepped out. It was a step out of bounds. Was it feeling kept to get the timeout or not? And then it went into overtime in the last play. USC fumbles. Stanford recovers in the end zone and wins. Uh, coach Paterno is now the all-time winningest coach in college football, winning his 409th victory. The 10-7 win against Illinois. The Oklahoma... Kansas State game was a blowout. I told everyone that don't pay attention and don't watch it. Another close game, last thought, was Nebraska-Michigan State. And Michigan State only put up a field goal, so needless to say their upset against Wisconsin was only a fluke. And also for a big upset that we missed, is Texas A&M-Missouri. Mizzou won 38-31, winning in overtime. Looking ahead to this week here in college football, uh, surprisingly, Northern Illinois Toledo on Tuesday was a 63-60 affair. 17 touchdowns in total were scored in that game. I think it's one of the top five most scored college football games in history. But looking at it also, as we scroll down here, looking at major games in the landscape, the Texas Tech-Texas game, that could be a big upset. Uh, I feel like Longhorns are on the hot seat because they were the Texas Tech was a team that knocked off Oklahoma. It is in Austin, though. I feel like Texas Tech always has a tough time on the road. Other big key matchups, Texas A&M and Oklahoma, although it is in OU. So the home field advantages for the upsets are not there because I feel like uh, most teams will pull off and use the home crowd and, and win games like th- that way. But the LSU-Alabama game, definitely a huge one to look out for. And also, another, f- I guess, fluke. Well, surprising, surprising game, South Carolina-Arkansas. So you have LSU-Alabama 1-2, and two, and yet two teams also in the SEC. You have 
South Carolina, Arkansas, nine and seven respectively. So I don't know what it is, but apparently it's really interesting that the SEC has more games like this. More in college football news. Phil Sims, in case most of you didn't hear, he actually uh, bashed Andrew Luck, saying that he was not, he didn't see enough college-esque quarterback mentality. I don't know ways that he could put in the NFL, but so far the uh, Colts look like the the main option for that. So we should be interesting to see if Andrew Luck takes that or not. But he's such a very humble guy, I don't think he would even phase it. And also, the Big East is officially lost their mind, and they're going off the deep end as they have extended the invites to Navy, Air Force, SMU, and other schools, some just for football, some only, uh, some for both schools. But uh, the Idaho government officially gave the okay for Boise State to join the Big East. So essentially, we could have a team as far west as Boise. We could have teams like SMU, Air Force, Navy join the Big East. It's such a mess. I don't really care about that anymore. I'm tired of all those conference realignments. But hey, look who uh, decided to show up in the studio. It's our very own Dan Goldman. Thank you for having me, Michael. <laughs> Pleasure to be here as always. I was going to say, how's the, uh, how's the paper? How's the assignment or whatever? It is done now. What, what class was it for? Uh, communication Society. Is that an easy class? Yes. I think I should take that for my major. I kind of got yelled at by my advisor the other day. I've not fulfilled a lot of uh, gen ed requirements. Uh-huh. It's not a gen ed, but... But for like major requirements. Right. okay. Yeah. Are you just in time for our college football oh, upset nice. of the week? All right. We didn't do so well last week. I didn't get mine. I don't, I don't. I don't know what was yours. I don't even remember. Southern Methodist, wasn't it? No, that was that was a few weeks ago. Uh, well, was it, this oh, one? was it? Was it this one? No. It was definitely a ranked school versus an unranked, which I probably. Oh, it was Air. Magnum, no. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, did you get a chance to watch any college football games? I have not, no. <laughs> did you even see the Stanford-USC game? Which game? I probably saw the triple, triple overtime? Oh, right, 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 yeah. How exciting. Triple OT. Yeah, did you hear that Phil Sims bashed Andrew Luck? No, I haven't. Like, during the week, he was saying he wasn't NFL-worthy? Or he's like, I didn't. I don't see anything... Like, impressive with this guy's performance. Really? He said that. Well, we'll we will find out. But yeah, any any games this week that sort of... Um, um you uh, know, there's so many good games this week. I just couldn't pick one out of the stack, but... If I had to, I would probably say... Ball State over Eastern Michigan. <laughs> Count it. I'll give uh, a, I'll give a six and a half spread as well. So good old uh, Mac matchup. But yeah, we pretty much uh, college ourselves out. So when we come back after music break, 
We'll we'll talk about um Humdashians no more. <sighs> no. <laughs> Stuff on that. Uh the Floyd Mayweather apparently wants to fight Manny Pacquiao. The rumor's true or Nothing not, and we'll close it out with NFL and our final thoughts. Once again you're listening to Fanatic Radio here on WVAU.
Welcome back to Fanatic Radio here on WVAU. Uh, final ten minutes. Uh, we're watching clips of the Ohio State-Wisconsin game. Ended up being another Hail Mary defeat for the Badgers. Incredible. So my team that I wanted to win the Big Ten, that I thought was pretty good, that could, you know, can contain or compete, is now two losses deep, no shot of going to the BCS game. Mm-hmm. Just, just ridiculous. But uh, we'll get to some quick NFL. Big win for the Chiefs on Monday night. They control their own destiny now. Now that they own the tiebreaker with the Chargers, they actually play Tebow next week. So hopefully, did you see that the uh, the whole uh, the Tebowing thing? Oh yeah, that's great. <laughs> with the Lions are doing it mm-hmm. all, and the running them to the ground. Boy Stafford hung two sixty seven on them. Big games you're looking forward to this week. Can your Patriots bounce back? Yeah, a, uh, from 2007, a nice little com- uh, revenge game against the Giants. And um, it'll be interesting to see if Bradshaw plays, because I'm sure you heard reports of uh, his ankle. But that's the game I'm looking forward to, Giants-Patriots. I think it's the game I'm looking forward to as well. Stupid Cowboys lost. Most uh-huh. unreliable team in the NFL. <laughs> I had to leave. It's funny. I mean, as soon as they scored their first touchdown, the Eagles made it look so easy. I was in the tavern. I was like, yep, I'm done. Homework time. <laughs> but surprisingly enough, uh, San Francisco beat Cleveland. So they still are what? They're 6-1 and one now? Detroit. 7-1? and one? Who? San Francisco. Now, uh, I think they're 6. No, don't they have two losses? I think so, yeah. Two or one. As I know... Six and one. Yeah, so so far, halfway in the NFL season, we have San Francisco likely to make the playoffs, Detroit likely to make the playoffs, and Green Bay is still undefeated. And on the flip side, the Saints lost again to the Rams, and Chris Johnson actually did not get another 100-yard gain. He's, is it, I'm, gonna say, I'm not going to say he's done, but... Does this bad season pretty much be the downfall of his career? I wouldn't say that. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting because you can always <clears throat> bounce back and, you know, week by week everything's different, year by year, blah, blah, blah. But I don't know. What do you, what's your take on that? I think it is. I think, you know, in, in football, I think like running backs are easily replaced because you can always just get a new guy from college or whatnot. And speaking of running backs, you're Peyton Hillis, and if you didn't think the Madden curse was effective, know, yeah, right? it's he's pretty much done. He's sick. He's out for the season with an injury or something like that. His contract still hasn't been, or he's gonna be a free agent, so his contract still hasn't been renewed by Cleveland. So yeah, wow, he's uh, he's, he's done. <laughs> One year and out. Poor no, guy. Won't say that. But yeah, so basically the New England game. San Diego Green Bay could be interesting. Baltimore Pittsburgh. I feel like that game's always overhyped, but needless to say, winner of that possibly win the uh, AFC North. Yeah, Kansas City has Miami. Hopefully, they can win what five in a row. Todd Haley. Todd Haley's doing. You doing no shave November this year, by the way? Does it look like I am? <laughs> I am not. My stubbles have gotten what centimeter long. I have to go to a wedding, so it's not even worth it. Yeah, I feel like Todd Haley's. The one guy that sticks out in my mind because apparently he 
had a thing where he's worn the same hat ever since they won, so it's all like sweaty and worn, and his beard he's growing like a Kimbo sliced beard. So, <laughs> so uh, best of luck to Coach Haley and the rest of the Chiefs. But uh, gossip news is something we don't really do on Fanatic Radio, but I guess it somehow has a sports twist to it. Our boy Chris Humphreys and Kim Kardashian is no more as ABC's Robin Roberts so wholeheartedly puts it. It feels like you blink and you miss this marriage. Kim and Chris headed for divorce just 72 days after tying the knot. She's citing irreconcilable differences. ABC's Andrew Canning is here with the latest on what happened. Hey, what good happened, morning, Andrew? Robin. Who's not talking about this? Yeah. I wish I had the answer, the exact answer for you. Every paper this morning talking about it, big blank sham mm. on the New York Post, not being oh, so wow. kind. <laughs> Kim says they remain friends and she wishes him the best. She was reportedly sick of his partying and mooching. He called her materialistic. Still, Chris Humphreys is saying, not so fast, Kim. 72 days. What is something that we could do in 72 days that would last longer than their marriage? That was like one of like a hashtag on Twitter. It was like, things longer than... 72 days. Or like, things longer than their marriage. And I wrote, Fanatic Radio. <laughs> 72 days. Wow. Just over two, <laughs> two and a half months. Oh, jeez. Such a... The, the, as the reporter, she put it, the, uh, it was the word ass with the two S's or dollar signs. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> it was, so it was a scam. I think so. Hollywood stuff like that is stupid. She's actually going to be featured on our Turkeys episode of Fanatic Radio. If you, That's one thing. For the November 18th show... Is our Thanksgiving show since we're obviously not here during Thanksgiving. We're doing something like our good friends at PTI do, where we think of people that have messed up, goofed up, done something stupid, did something out of the ordinary. It's been a turkey since January 1st, so we gotta go really back, way back in the uh, oh yeah, in the timeline. That that is a preview. Kim Kardashian, a 72-day marriage to NBA star player, or star player. <laughs> Another trick you also be featured is uh, Big Money Mayweather, who announced that this week he plans to take on, well, I guess, unintentionally Pacquiao. He references him in as a little guy, which will play a clip. But he wants May 5th in Vegas. And actually, the the fight against Ortiz generated, I think it was 70, $78 million in revenue. And the people are saying that this fight with Pacquiao could actually get four hundred million dollars. Four hundred? Yeah. Jeez. So. I mean, I know. I, I guess would, I would pay anything for to both watch of that. them. So I guess two hundred million each. But I would pay anything to watch that. Yeah. So here's a big money Mayweather said announcing his attempt to fight. You know, I was in the sport for eleven years, and I was world champion in ten years. And, you know, I ain't here to. You know, when it comes July 18th, I ain't got to tell you guys what I'm going to do because. You already know what I'm going to do. He's going to bring his A game. I'm going to bring my A game. Um, and, he was, and, you know, like once again, a small man would never retire me, and y'all know that. You know, I'm, I'm the king. I'm here to stay. I left on top. I came back on top. And, you know, I'm here to, you know, I'm here to fight and reclaim what's mine. I'm the king. Nobody has never took my throne. So how I'm, how I'm not the king if nobody has took my throne? And so you got all these fighters out here that's claiming that they're the best. I mean, tonight, if, if they say, you know, I got fans coming up to me all day, every day, lately, this this weekend, saying, 
Well, who you think is going to win? Well, when you, well, tonight, any man can win. It's a gamble, once again. But when you're betting on Floyd Mayweather, that's for sure money. So when you ask me, I tell you, put your money under your mattress and keep it to July 18th. <laughs> then pull it out. Put your money in your mattress. Keep it out till uh, either July 18th. I think that was actually... Or something like that, sometime during the summer. He wants May 5th. Do you think it will happen? No. Oh, the... Uh, the Pacquiao, Pacquiao, I, I don't, I don't see it happening. I, like, I, I wish, but, I mean... I feel like it's... None of the... He doesn't need the money, and... I mean, when all is said and done, uh, Mayweather is going to be known as someone who was really flashy and rich, and not as someone like Muhammad Ali, who was a great boxer. No one's going to say, oh, Floyd Mayweather, the great boxer. No, they're going to say, the rich a-hole. And if he fights Pacquiao and beats him, that'll take him to the Ali level, where people will say, greatest, one of the greatest boxers of all time. So, it's up to him. Yeah, but it's true. It could, the fight could actually get to $400 million in revenue. That would be. I feel like it has to has has to happen, you know, because if Floyd Mayweather, yeah, like you said, if Floyd Mayweather retires, he'll be no, that'll probably be the big overshadowing thing. Not yeah. money Mayweather. He talks out of fights. Yeah. So, coward until proven otherwise. I'd love to see Pacquiao just go off because you get the pound for pound best boxer in the world welterweight versus trash talking. I mean, you're, there's really no way to analyze the fight. It would just be um, so well matched. All right, so yeah, that'll so that I guess that'll end it on that note. <laughs> we want the fight. We'll we'll tell a lie on Fanatic Radio or something. We'll find some way. We'll try to get a uh, press passes and all. Also, before, before we uh, sign off, though, your final your thoughts on uh, Tony LaRusso retiring? Uh, what a great way to retire! Just after you win. And um, great way to go out on top. All right, so yeah, that'll do it for us here on Fanatic Radio. Other sports news, we could cover MLS playoffs. NASCAR headed to Texas, my hometown. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be there. I'll be here in D.C. covering oh, volleyball, really? yeah. Tony Stewart's actually eight points behind Carl Edwards. So it should Only be eight the, points. could get pretty exciting. But yeah, but we thank everyone here at WVAU. Uh, once again, go to facebook.com slash fanaticradio to like the page, get the link to listen to the show, put up constant what is it, feedback or... How would you say it? Links. Any funny things that happen in sports, we'll put up there. Also, Don't forget next week to call in 202-885-8700. Should we take this last call? Why not? No, right, why not? You're three minutes over time. Final call of the day. got to make it quick now on Fanatic Radio. Bobby Orr. Yes, Bobby Orr. Thank you once again. <laughs> that was our caller from earlier today. But yeah, for... Uh, Dan Coleman, I'm Michael Gardner. This has been Fanatic Radio on WVAE. We'll see you next week. Same bat time, same bat channel.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.